you're not into like the hey look at the all these letters put together figure out what it actually means yeah i can't read <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug and a Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin, and once again, I'm joined with... I'm Jack. <laughs> we're going to bring you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully, by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell. Now, I do have a question for you, and it may kind of be a little bit of a spoiler, but I figured I'll ask up front. How do you feel about ciphers coded messages i'm weirdly into it okay okay have you looked at any involved in like crimes probably not like the zodiac killer that's a big one not really okay not crime based yeah but you like to think about them and make them and solve them and (laughs) etc etc yeah, and I'm going back to the crime thing. They were from criminals, <laughs> but they weren't like, this is how I committed my crime. <laughs> right, right, right. So we did an episode on the, uh, oh my gosh, Cicada, um, Yeah. Whatever, whatever the number was. And that was like a huge internet thing that was a bunch of like codes and ciphers and you had to break it. And people were like, oh my God, if you can break it, this is the FBI's like challenge or the CIA's challenge to like know that you're ready to join their yeah. decryption team or whatever. So we do have another one about ciphers. I have decided this one, this story is a bit of a bummer because like I've said before, sometimes I feel like we do too many fun stories. <laughs> So we, have to, we have to hurt your feelings. We have, to, we have to bring the mood down in order to take it back up again. You know what I mean? But this one has some twists and turns, so I think it'll be interesting enough. So on June 30th, 1999, a woman driving near Route 367 spotted an unusual shape laying in a cornfield near West Alton, Missouri. She alerted authorities and they suspected the worst due to the fact that the particular area she indicated was known to be a quote unquote criminal dumping ground, <laughs> which is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's a place for everything. <laughs> I guess, like, if you're like, oh, it's a secluded enough field, yeah, people are gonna I unfortunately don't. Yeah. <laughs> two there before. Yeah. So their worst thoughts were proved true when they came upon a somewhat decomposed body. They used fingerprints to identify the deceased as 41-year-old Ricky McCormick. Ricky McCormick was born on June 14, 1958, and grew up in the Great St. Louis area. Greater St. Louis. Great. Yes, there we go. Sure. At the time of his death, he was staying in kind of a couple different places. So he would stay with his elderly mother, but he also had several other addresses under his name that he would bounce around from. Now, I don't have specific details on this. Investigators did discover that he was not married, but he had fathered four children. He also had a girlfriend. So 
he could have had a house with his girlfriend or, you know, stayed with one of them. He had family in the area, so he visited his aunt a lot of the time. So he just kind of bounced around everywhere. Investigators reached out to those connected to him. You know, his mom, his aunt, his cousins got interviewed, girlfriend. And it was noted that he was receiving disability welfare payments after being diagnosed with chronic heart and lung problems. And he was also working part-time at a gas station. Police discovered that he wasn't unknown to their system entirely. Um, He previously served 11 months of a three-year sentence for statutory rape. So this made his criminal record short, but obviously not insignificant. So there were no missing persons reports filed in the system for McCormick. They assumed that nobody filed a missing persons report because they were all like, oh, I thought he was staying with so-and-so. Oh, I thought he was staying with his mom. Oh, I thought he was staying with you know, his aunt or whatever. So nobody had filed anything. There are conflicting reports about his last known whereabouts. One states that he was seen on June 25th, 1999 at St. Louis's now defunct Forest Park Hospital getting a routine checkup. He actually went to the ER a lot for like his lung and heart problems. That is confirmed. Like he did go there on June 25th and like he had not a receipt from a hospital, I guess, but like a record. Yeah, there was a record of of him him being being there. there. Right. So his aunt, Glory McCormick, reported that she talked, she saw him that day after he got out of the hospital, and then she talked to him on the phone on June 26th at 1130 a.m., so the next morning, and he told her that he was going to work. So another report states that he was seen on June 28th, 1999, at an Amico station where he worked part-time, which is just a gas station. And that report was by, like, another co-worker, but his family... Nobody can really confirm or deny or deny that he was there. He was murdered by his co-worker. Listen. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We're getting there. Did I, did I jump too far ahead? <laughs> yes. So either way, he hadn't been seen for several days by anyone, which was unusual. For sure, he hadn't been seen for at least three days, if not up to five days. So the St. Charles County Medical Examiner classified... McCormick's cause of death as undetermined after an autopsy and toxicology exam were completed. The only unusual note on the medical examiner's outline was that the decomposition rate seemed extreme, even though the time of death was thought to be just three days prior to the body's discovery, and the weather hadn't been, like, unreasonably warm for that time. This unsuspecting note made investigators kind of think, like, well, maybe he was held somewhere or his body was held somewhere and then it was brought to this location and dumped. So maybe it was held in like a, a very warm building or car or something and it decomposed a lot more than if it would be like outside and then it was driven to this place and like dumped. This seemed plausible for the sole reason that he didn't have a car and this was like 20 miles from like the closest known place of residence that he had been staying. So like they were basically like, no, it makes sense if he was held somewhere either before, like after he had died because like he'd have to walk the 20 miles to get here. And there was literally like no reason for him to be out there. It was like a very remote location. Like his work wasn't in that direction. Like he would just be going there for no reason. And there was no way to get back. Like there was no public transportation. Yeah. So it was just kind of weird. Another item on McCormick's person served as basically the only other big piece of evidence. 
So 12 years after the initial discovery of Ricky McCormick's body, FBI officials made an interesting announcement to the public. So this so-called cold case basically came back to life because they announced that two notes had been found in McCormick's pockets written in an unknown code, which consisted of, quote, a jumble of letters and numbers occasionally set off with parentheses. Dan Olson, chief of the FBI's cryptanalysis and racketeering records unit at the time, said that, quote, breaking the code could reveal the victim's whereabouts before his death and could lead to the solution of a potential homicide. His unit, along with the American Cryptogram Association, tried their hand at cracking the cipher, but neither group came to a conclusion. So if you look at some of the um, resources that I used, or if you look into this case, um, this Dan Olson guy basically couldn't solve it. And he, over the years, had like taken it to some different programs, I guess I'm not sure what you would call them, conferences or whatever, special conferences for like higher up government official people, whatever, that are into this um, crypto analysis stuff. And he had like gave it to them without like saying what it was for and like nobody could solve it. Olson later stated, quote, it doesn't happen often that we have an unsolved cipher of this length and significance. The characters are not random. There are many E's, for example, that could be used as a spacer. There are many characteristics that suggest it could be solved, many patterns. The problem is we don't know why it's not solvable. So 12 years after the fact, after they found these, they've decided to release copies to the public in hopes that like somebody in the public could figure out what the note said. So kind of like the Zodiac Killer. Yeah stuff like the public actually did solve it so i think i don't know why they held it for 12 years i'm assuming like if they thought they could catch the person obviously that person's gonna be the only person that knows that the ciphers were there but anyway so they established a page where comments and theories surrounding the notes could be offered puzzle solvers and wannabe sleuths alike now had the option to try and crack the then third ranked unsolved case on the cr or use list of ciphers. So this came just behind one of the Zodiac uh, codes that hadn't been solved. And then, I don't know. I don't know what the other one was. It was basically like a ransom note sent to a big, large company. It wasn't like named or anything specific. But this was like, people, they were like trying to solve this. Unfortunately, the public really couldn't figure it out either. Like this is still unsolved to this day. But many who tried to crack it and and couldn't, They started theorizing that maybe McCormick himself wrote the note and that it was basically just like gibberish. Um, And the fact that like even like the FBI, like all these people couldn't solve it. They're like, well, maybe it means nothing in the end. Family members didn't agree with this. They couldn't decipher the notes either because the FBI, they didn't know about these notes until they came public. The FBI came to them like after they announced it and was basically like, hey, do you know what these are? And the family was like, listen, no, we have no idea. He's been gone for 12 years. Yeah, like we have no idea. But McCormick like was a high school dropout whom was believed to have learning disabilities as well as mental health issues. Some of his family members later said that he could have had like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or I mean, they're just guessing, obviously, but something along those lines. His mother, Frankie Sparks, firmly states, quote, the only thing he could write was his name. He didn't write in no code. And his cousin, Charles McCormick, said that he had seen Ricky jot small notes down, but that he, quote, couldn't spell anything. It just scribble. It was just scribbled. 
So these notes are very like uniform in a sense. So if they're saying like he would write notes down, but it was very like messy, that this like doesn't make sense. But unfortunately there was no, nobody, obviously it's 12 years later. So nobody had kept like a copy of anything he had ever written down, which probably wasn't a lot. And so like there was nothing to compare it to. Which I thought was weird why they just now told them when they could have had like a hand. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but there's nothing to compare it to. So many members of his family, along with cryptographer Ilanka Dunin, believed that he was carrying the note for other criminals. So this theory basically is that he was like a drug runner. Yeah. And he had a note that he was supposed to deliver to from a criminal to another criminal about maybe like a delivery or something like that and then he just happened to be caught up in the middle of it someone got mad at somebody and then he ended up dead his girlfriend at the time seemed to suggest that mccormick was smuggling drugs for baja bob hamdala the owner of the amico gas station that he worked at there's a lot of information about this hamdala guy but long story short the thought was that Ricky McCormick was going to Orlando to basically get drugs and bring them to this, his boss. And then his boss was connected to some organized drug dealers, gang members in the area and would basically sell them to those people. And Ricky McCormick was just kind of like in the middle of it. In August of 1999, so like just a couple months after Ricky McCormick was found, Hamdala was investigated by police after a scuffle with his brother led to gunshots being fired. It was noted at that time that Hamdala had connections to, quote, gang members in St. Louis City, St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis City and narcotics use, as well as being in possession of several weapons, which included handguns and knives. Bahabab Hamdala was reported to police on several occasions, like, like there was a whole list of one of these resources that had like year after year after year. He was basically brought up on assault charges by varying people or or he wasn't brought up on assault charges because people were afraid of him. But other witnesses had like called the police on him for there were other times that he like tried to shoot people and there were other times where he just like beat the shit out of people. And so he was like not a nice guy at all. And so many people don't think it's unreasonable to think that if Ricky was working for him, which everybody's pretty sure he was that this guy basically killed Ricky at some point. Yeah. Further strengthening the theory that McCormick was killed by those he was carrying drugs for was information from a confidential police informant, which... Snitch? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends. (laughs) Yes. Um, The confidential police informant stated that a high-level drug dealer named Gregory Lamar Knox confessed to being responsible for, quote, the murder of a black man who worked at the gas station on Chanteau Avenue and whose body was dumped near West Alton. And this Knox guy allegedly got drugs from Hamdallah. So people think that maybe Ricky was running notes between the two or drugs between the two or whatever. And then he messed up or saw too much or, you know, who knows. And then was basically killed. I mean, that sounds pretty, that's pretty good evidence. Yeah. So these two were never brought up on charges for anything to do with Ricky because there's really, there's nothing there. I mean, police think that if they can figure out what the note says, maybe that will connect these two to Ricky, 
but the two were separately charged for other things. And I don't know if they're in jail now or in prison now, but they definitely had been arrested and been sent to prison for other charges. His family, Ricky McCormick's family, still hopes that they will see justice served for what happened, but they have little faith in the authorities after being kept in the dark for so long. So they obviously want to help and to find out what happened. But since the police didn't tell them about these notes or any of the other parts of investigation, they were basically told that it was a cold case. They're like, you know, this will probably never have like an end like we won't get our answers but people are still hoping that maybe one day the cipher will be broken and you know it'll kind of bring everything to a conclusion but you know yeah we won't know that did you look up the ciphers i am looking them up (laughs) there's two separate ones if you go on these resources, they say that there is a system to breaking any code and it involves four basic steps. The step number one is determining the language used. Step number two is determining the system used. Step number three is reconstructing the key. And step number four is restructuring the plain text. They assume that whoever wrote the letter was using English. Yeah. So that would be the language used. And then they basically say, like, we have no idea what the system is, so we're stuck on step two. Although there are some people who think that maybe, and some family members think that maybe, Ricky had some mental health issues that maybe led him to kind of make up his own language, question mark. Yeah. And so some people are like, well, maybe the language used wasn't English. And Ricky wrote the letter and he has this whole other language in his own head. And so we're stuck at step one and we just don't even know that. But like his mom and his cousin said, he, if it was that, we probably will never figure it out because it would have been just basically random gibberish. What do you think? You figured it out? I don't know. Depending on the way you want to look at it i guess because i mean there's often there's repeating words in here well and that's why people think it it most everybody agrees that it is some kind of code because it would make sense it seems like these are words but people are getting stuck on the fact that like well maybe it's not english and it is words but it's in his own made up language imaginary words or whatever and so we'll never figure it out or there's like a mistake somewhere and so we can't figure out what it means or you know whatever blah 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 but that's basically the the story unfortunately like there's really no answers about like what happened to him i think the most plausible theory is that whether the note is real or not that he got caught up with the his boss or whatever and something did happen to him in that sense just for the simple fact that, like, I think, why, like, why would he have been there in the first place if it was, like, natural causes or yeah, something like that? You know what I mean? I don't think, there was no indication that he was on drugs. He could have been. But even if it was an overdose, like, why was he doing drugs out there in the middle of nowhere? You know what I mean? So I think that pro- that is evidence enough for me to say that, like, he was probably murdered by somebody. But. I believe it. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's not my story. Do you think the story will keep you up at night, or do you think you'll still be sleep as snug as Bug and Rug? 90s? 1990? Nine? Uh, e, uh, e, yeah. 98. No. Yeah, 99. I don't know. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't live in Missouri, so we're fine. Yeah, I know some people in Missouri. <laughs> Maybe they did it. Should ask. <laughs> Do you know anything about this story? Probably not. It wasn't. I don't think it got. The sad part is, I don't think that this story is well known because of what happened. I think it's yeah. well known because of the ciphers. Yeah. Do I think Ricky McCormick was a great guy? No. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> From what I read, but. Like, the only reason people know about it is because of the notes. Because yeah. if not... If, if there wasn't that, no one would have cared. Nobody like, would have cared. Exactly. Them. And the cops wouldn't have done... Which, I don't know if they... It seems like they didn't do a lot. It seems like they're like, uh, we don't know what to do. These weird notes are in this packet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Hey and guys, then that was... to figure this out. Right. <laughs> and then that was basically... I we didn't tell it. anybody for 12 years, <laughs> and I might have wrote it, but... Yeah. Oh, my God, guys. Look what I found on the bottom of this box. <laughs> Two weird notes. <laughs> yeah. So, I... I I'm glad that it has the note because then it does shed light on the whole situation. But I think people kind of, I mean, you see this, like when you Google it, it's basically like, oh my God, this weird cipher case, not like there was a murder, Yeah, (laughs) which is kind of sad to me, but thoughts, feelings. This is a short and sweet episode. Yeah. I've said yeah a lot. It's because I, yeah, 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 you have. (laughs) Yeah. It's a somber episode. There's nothing... It's not like a funny one. You know what I mean? So... Have you ever written a code? <laughs> no, I haven't. I have a book, I think, on my shelf, though. I think I've kept it. And it's like... T- it's for kids. But it's like top secret spy... You know, stuff. And um, I think there is a section about writing... Like ciphers and stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think they're really easy. Again, I think the books are kids, but. I'm not, um, I'm not really into as much as like cryptology. Yeah. As I think I'm in, I, I, I forget the word. For what? What are you trying to say? <laughs> Describe it's, it. <laughs> it's the, the pictures, doing it from the picture aspect. Oh. Aerial analysis. There it is. What does that mean? Um, so, like, it's an overhead picture or, like, a satellite view of something. Yeah. And you have to, based on, like, the picture, you have to understand, like, oh, what time it was? Where's the wind blowing? What's happening in this picture? Why are all these people here? Was it this? Like, okay. That kind of thing? You're not into, like, the, hey, look at the, all these letters put together, figure out what it actually means? Yeah, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I think I just like. I thought it was called a. Because there's like cryptologist. I yeah. I thought they, like the nickname is pictologist. Yeah. But I. I don't I, think that's right. That's no. somebody that's really good at Pictionary. Yeah. Which. Are you good at Pictionary? I'm not. Um, <laughs> I have a good story about Pictionary. Um, the. Yeah, but. 
if you ever have some satellite pictures and want me to tell you what's going on, and <laughs> email them to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at gmail.com. I'll, I'll print them out and I will put them underneath his eyeballs <laughs> so you'll see them. Yeah, I think I like the idea of ciphers, but... I'm going to start leaving some just at work. Yeah, you should. Just in it's random, a bit ominous, but... just random places yeah. that mean nothing, like or like or just like oh, addresses to like KFCs. Some people did think that he was murdered, and then the note was just just gibberish written down to basically like throw the police off the scent, which it worked. Yeah. Um, so some people do think that too. Like it meant it literally means nothing, but it looks enough like a cipher that like I'm gonna it. I'm gonna start putting. KFC locations into ciphers yes. and then just hang them around their workplace <laughs> yeah. and really biz- like behind the walk-in. Yeah. Like- <laughs> See, I think like um, ciphers are very interesting to me. Like I-, I like the idea of them, but then if I have to solve them, I'm usually very bad at it. Yeah. So I get, f- I just get sad that like I can't do it. Mm-hmm. B- so. Cryptos, famous cipher. What? Cryptos. It's a... I believe, I think they solved the last one finally. It's a sculpture inside the CIA. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's a little fountain. And somebody made it? Yep. A guy made it. He's a sculptor, and he made it for a little plaza patio. Yeah. And people, and it tells, like, a story, but, like, the last part was, like, really, it's four different frames. Yeah. And, like, the first one's really easy, and the second one's slightly bit harder, and the third one's a lot harder, and the fourth one's, like, super hard. Yeah. And, in theory, people believe or got pretty close to solving it. They're not 100% of, like, it points to somewhere else in the plaza that he has buried something. Or like, oh, my God, it's a treasure map. Essentially. <laughs> people believe it's a treasure map. I don't know. It's the on the back is. of the Declaration of Independence. And the guy, the guy who created it is still alive, and it's... I'm pretty sure he's still alive. It's like super bizarre. <laughs> and he's like, once a year, people, he invites people to like his land in Vermont and they yeah. can ask him questions about it. And like, it's just like him, like, oh, like, what, do you think is this? I don't know. Yeah, why would and you tell just, him? It's just, um, yeah. It's just, but it's also like super ominous in like the YouTube video I saw yeah, about yeah. it. I've seen it, I've seen it in person. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. But like everything, every everything to him is like a question. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it's that way? <laughs> like, and, he gives and nothing away. All the people are just like super pissed off. Like, is he, is he giving hints? He's eating salad. Is that that? Is, that him? is, yeah. it, is it salad? Is it green? Like the fork has four Rome, tongues, not three. Rome. Okay. No, I just thought. You know how last week we talked about. Um, like if we ever moved or whatever and how people move and then they put like pentagrams under the floorboards or whatever like that. If we ever move instead of like pentagrams and devil worship and stuff like that, maybe we should make like a made up cipher that means like nothing but hide that in the floorboards or like whatever. And then if people ever renovate, they're like, oh my God, it's a treasure map. And we could bury something in the yard, but it's like a little time capsule that has like a Barbie doll in it or something like that. And a dollar. It's it's a mirror. The greatest the greatest prize is yourself. <laughs> it's a mirror. <laughs> what is this Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, <laughs> that turtle was weird. And that's is that a goose? He was adopted. Oh, okay, Poe. <laughs> 
and the scroll's a mirror. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, anyway, if you want to look at this cipher. Ty- ty- Tigris? Uh... The snake that everybody thinks is really hot. Crane. <laughs> yeah, everyone weirdly does think the snake is hot. Um, the monkey. Master. Mantis. Mantis. Master. What? What's the master's name? Isn't it Ugwe? Yeah. No, he's the turtle. Oh, the, oh, oh, the little. Little panda. What is he? <laughs> is he like a panda? I don't know. <laughs> he, no, he's like a, like a red, uh, raccoon? No, he's not a raccoon. He's something. Hold on, let me look. Master Ugwe. And then the wolf. Who's the rival? Hold on, I'm looking at him. Uh, Poe is uh, the panda. His the leopard is Tai Lung. Tai Lung. Tai Lung. Master Shifu. There it is. Is what is he? A red. He is not a red panda. He's an old red panda. Get out of here. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Tigress, Grandmaster Uguay, Monkey, Mantis, Mr. Ping is the goose. Viper, Crane. Uh, that's basically it. Everybody else is just... They're... Yeah, nothing. Anyway. Anyway, if you want to look at this cipher, you can... <laughs> you can just look it up or it's in my resources. Um, there is, one of my resources is, um, riverfront, riverfronttimes.com. They did, like, a very in-depth story about this. It has a lot of information on the crimes of the Humdala guy and the Knox guy which i did not talk a lot about because it's literally just them how they were getting arrested it they're just bad guys like that part wasn't important to like this story necessarily but if you're interested it it is very very in depth it has a little bit more um a couple more like quotes from family members that they interviewed um like they did like this was like a big story for them so it has a lot of lot of information um there is fbi.gov that has the basically the ciphers on it and then a place that you can basically send like if you figure it out you can send it to the guy in charge or don't snitch and there's no and it says (laughs) (laughs) it also says at the bottom like this there is no uh, like you don't, you don't get anything. Yeah, you don't get anything. Like you get, you get a nice attaboy. Get bragging rights. I don't know. Like there's no uh, reward for it. I guess in the end, there's a couple other ones. I also tagged a couple other podcasts that did uh, stories on this. I did not listen to them, but I'm sure they're great. Um, there's also other YouTube videos. If you look it up on YouTube, there's videos that people have done on it. But we should solve. We should solve an actual crime <laughs> just for the reward money. <laughs> Okay, I'll get right on that. <laughs> That's kind of rude. I'm just solving. Not I. I'm solving this because I want the I reward money. Right? Not that I care what. <laughs> That's rude. Anyway, um, yeah, you can find out my resources on bugandarug.puppy.com. You can look at pictures on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Facebook's just bug and a rug. Twitter and Instagram are at bia or podcast. Email us if you figure out the cipher. Email us first and then send the information to the FBI. <laughs> Because I want to know. I won't take credit for it. I just want to know. Yeah. Um, if you want to make up a cipher and send it to us, you can also do that. That'd be fun. Yeah. 
Or those satellite pictures or whatever, Jack. <laughs> you can get this, too. All right. Uh, questions, comments, concerns? Don't murder. Don't murder. Don't hang out with guys who are pretty sketchy. Don't murder. Which, the sad thing is, like, if he had all these mental issues and, like, yeah, learning disability. Them. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, oh, you're dumb. Like, we can do whatever we want. You're like, that's sad. Take, take, this, take this box to this guy. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But did we did we? I don't remember anything about like. Do they th- kind of guess? Was he like strangled? Was he just dead? Um. So the decomposition was like so bad that they're not oh. sure. Um. It was bad enough that they're not sure. I don't think there was like any gunshot wounds or anything like that. So it was probably either like strangling or blunt force trauma or yeah. something like that um but they're not sure they just said because the medical examiner just said it was undetermined so um but anyway i think that's all so thanks for listening signing off i'm caitlin and jack bye